0: You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked on Seahawks. Happy Blue Friday to all of our listeners. Glad to be joined by my co-host, Nick Lee, our 300th episode of Locked on Seahawks. We're going to have a fun contest coming up on our Twitter page this weekend to celebrate reaching that 300 mark. So stay tuned at Locked underscore Seahawks. This season Get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action for every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. Seattle preparing for a long, long cross-country road trip to Miami. And the team is going to be without a pair of defensive players. On his weekly Friday radio show on Cairo 97.3, Coach Pete Carroll indicated Jamal Adams and Jordan Brooks would not be able to make it back this week to play against the Dolphins. Nick, really, this shouldn't be a surprise. Neither one of these players have practiced this week, they're not going to practice today. They suffered fairly significant injuries. I would expect they have a chance to play next week, but it seemed all along, especially for Jamal Adams, that it was going to be a very slim chance he played against Miami.
1: Yeah, it stinks, obviously, to have your – the not not quite the heart and soul, that's probably Bobby Wagner still, but it, the just the spearhead of this defense in Jamal Adams – um, so that, that's going to hurt a lot. Adams injured his groin last week against the Cowboys. There's no doubt that it's a big loss. Ryan Neal is likely to get his first NFL start, depending on if Leno Hill is able to play as well. And there's also a possibility that Demaryius Randall can even be elevated from, for, for the game despite just signing on Wednesday. So, you know, lot, lots of uh, unknowns still behind this move. But I, yeah, it stinks. But again, Corbin, I know that this is the NFL where every team has, has 53 players and go out and beat you and it, everyone's a professional football player but if i had to look at the entire 16 game schedule of the seahawks and pick a game for a guy like jamal adams to miss i think it'd be this one i know that that's that's know, maybe disrespectful to the dolphins but look here's the thing the dolphins are pretty bad the seahawks should beat the dolphins with a couple of starters out basically anyone not named russell wilson could miss this game and i'd feel, be feeling pretty good about seattle winning the game now again we were talking before the show, weird things happen in Florida. In fact, to the best of my research, the Seahawks have not won in the state of Florida since 2006. So that if there's this could get weird. But again, as far as just an opponent's go, it, this could be a decent time to have a couple guys out, especially I know we have that, that tough game against the Vikings later on next week. But against the bye after that, maybe you can get some guys healthy moving forward.
0: Yeah, it's an out of division game, an out of conference game. I, I think that's the big thing for me. I'm much higher on the Dolphins than what you are. I've had this as a game that I've been circling since back in April and May, knowing they were gonna be playing in Miami this year. That this is an upstart team that's been very competitive. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road game. I anticipate the Dolphins are gonna be game ready to go, but I do think the Seahawks in this situation, we've seen what Ryan Neal can do at least for a half of football. they got some snaps last week and he's a guy that had a fairly solid training camp as well. So the Seahawks know him well. They're going to cater the defensive scheme this week to give him some support too. They'll probably run some more too deep safety looks like they did the end of the game last week to protect him a little bit. And he showed he could make some plays with that interception at the end of the game. So Lano Hill being able to play is also a possibility, as you mentioned. I would think at this point, though, with how banged up he's been, Ryan Neal's probably going to be the guy. He's been practicing. He's been getting the reps. I would expect he's going to be back there. Randall, if they do promote him, that is just a last-minute emergency option. If he had been with the team longer, then yes, absolutely, a former first-round pick would have the opportunity to play a lot of snaps in this game. But he's only been with the team for a couple days. You don't want to throw him into the lineup too early when he's just trying to get everything down as far as the scheme and, coverages go so that would be very risky but he could at least help you on special teams so I think there's a good chance he could be elevated here as for Brooks he's dealing with a knee sprain His knee, according to Pete Carroll, was very stiff this week, and so he was not able to get back out on the practice field. Not a lot of swelling, so that's a good sign, but maybe next week they can reevaluate him and he'll have a chance to play against the Vikings, and he might not play until after the bye week, given the state of his injury. So I would expect Cody Barton's going to have a chance at some snaps, and this might open up more opportunities for Shaquem Griffin, another player that is not on the 53-man roster yet, but he has an opportunity one more week here to be elevated at the last minute. And I would expect he's going to be based on the fact that Pete Carroll said he would be playing in Miami this weekend. There is some good news on the injury front. Chris Carson, after that horrific hit by Tristan Hill last week, the one that I've been spewing hate towards all week long because there's no reason for that extremely dirty hit. But anyway, Chris Carson has been able to practice in limited fashion. He's feeling good. Carroll said he's had an excellent week, so he's got a good chance to play on Sunday. Carlos Hyde had a red jersey on yesterday because they're trying to protect him. It was basically bubble wrap. He's been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue, but both those guys have a good chance to play. It sounds like Damian Lewis has a good chance to play as well. Really the other ones that we have to watch here going into Sunday, because they've had such a long injury report this week, maybe the longest I've ever seen covering the Seahawks. Quentin Dunbar missed last week with a knee injury. He has not practiced yet. Pete Carroll made it sound like Wednesday they were just going to take it easy with him with hopes that he could play on Sunday. He's a seasoned veteran, so maybe he can get away with that. But – He's banged up. Nico Thorpe missed yesterday's practice, still dealing with a hip issue. And Mike Upati's been limited by a knee. We saw how well Jordan Simmons played the other day. Even if Lewis is in the lineup, maybe Jordan Simmons is going to get a chance to play at either one of those guard spots so those two don't have to play the entire game in South Beach. So th- this is going to be a week where I would expect when this final injury report comes out that it's going to be nine, ten players deep. Yeah, it stinks. And that this is maybe another symptom
1: of no preseason. I think that that's pretty clear now across the NFL that the preseason, maybe not four games, but certainly a regular structured and maybe at least two games of preseason are necessary because you're just going to have things like this. We saw it in baseball with with a uh, spring training being interrupted and, and then quote summer camp being really brief and it, you just got to have time to ramp up and, and get stretched out and get your body right. And unfortunately this season, I think we're just going to see more of this and it'll just cross your fingers and hope that no one, nothing
0: catastrophic happens to one of your top three, four players. When we return in the second quarter, we're going to break down some keys to the game, throw together a game plan for a Seahawks victory. They haven't won in Florida, as you mentioned, since 2006, so it's been a while. How do they bust that streak and move to 4-0? and You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. If you're like me, you can't wait to watch the Seahawks and Russell Wilson tear it up on Sundays this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talents that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. As an avid runner and weightlifter, it's never easy to stay on top of your game. Whether I'm trying to increase my max on bench press or cut my best mile time by 10 seconds, there are always obstacles and you have to find a way to power through them. What is your wall and how do you run through it? For me, I turn to Built Go, the healthy replacement for your energy drink. Coming from the makers of Built Bar, you know it's top quality and delicious. Easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages, it's the best workout gel on the market without the crash feeling you get from products such as 5-Hour Energy because it's all natural with one third of the caffeine of a monster drink. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, including peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Loaded with the good stuff to help me power to my goals, it includes fast-absorbing collagen protein, beta-alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine to help me get going and promote joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. This is your host, Corbin Smith, joining me as always for our Blue Friday show, Nick Lee. Third quarter, we're going to play a game, a little bit of over and under for this week's matchup between the Seahawks and Dolphins. But before we get there, we got to talk some keys to the game here, a little bit of X's and O's some game plan ideas. How did the Seahawks break this streak? They haven't won in Florida in a long time. The last couple of times they've played in Florida, they lost to the Jaguars during the 2017 season. And then in 2016, that oh-so-memorable loss to the Buccaneers, where I believe they scored five points, one of the ugliest games that I've ever witnessed. They just always seem to play poorly, when they are playing in Florida. So hopefully they will buck that trend here against a Dolphins team that is better than their record shows. Let's start an offense, Nick. I think you and I would both agree. Right now the forecast, mid-80s with a very high chance of rain. Russell Wilson, that's been his one kryptonite in his career. He hasn't always thrown the football well when there's been rainy weather. I know it's ironic being a quarterback for a Seattle football team, but that has been one issue for him. I think that especially makes the running game critical this week when you consider the Dolphins are 23rd in rushing defense and 28th in rushing touchdowns allowed.
1: Yeah, that is a big one, and and weather could play a factor. And having lived in Florida myself, and it does say 40% chance, and and then the tapering, so there's going to be showers in the morning and tapering off, so hopefully it'll pass through before things get revved up um, at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Um, for this game, but if it does rain, obviously Miami rain, and it's not quite, uh, Miami's probably not done with summer yet, <laughs> having lived in, in Florida, I think summer usually ends around November, <laughs> so it's, it's going to still feel like uh, a summer humid game, so if it does rain, yes, the, the running game is going to, even if it doesn't rain, the running game is going to be important, the Dolphins are 23rd in rushing defense, 28th, in rushing touchdowns allowed so and you know the Seahawks really have not had that premier big running game yet and I'm not going to go ahead and say it's this is the one but if, if you're looking for a game to a get right game for the rushing attack I think this is one of those games and I think Carlos Hyde and and, and Chris Carson at that, that duo there I think that they could have a pretty good game and and yeah if, if you can carve out you know 100 and 130 140 yards between the, those guys and Russell Wilson I think you're gonna be feeling pretty good
0: I think this is also a game where your two former Miami Hurricanes and Travis Homer and DJ Dallas could make an impact, especially because Carson and Hyde have been banged up The Seahawks are probably not going to want those two to play super extensive snaps in this game. And if you're going to have to run the ball a lot, it might be time for the Travis Homer and DJ Dallas show. This will be a great opportunity for Seattle's depth to show. And this Miami defense has been a lot better the last two weeks. They really struggled against the run against New England in the season opener, and then they've been better the last two games. But it just feels like the Seahawks have one of those games coming up where they're going to be able to get that ground game going and really show what kind of depth they have on this offense. And this could be the one, especially if there are, or there is some rain and some uh, nasty conditions out there in Miami. The second thing for me, this is going partially off the weather, and it's also partially off what we saw in the second half last week. I thought the Seahawks got way too reliant on trying to hit the deep ball. And obviously, when you've got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, some of the other weapons that they have on the outside, and Russell Wilson's ability to throw the ball downfield being second to none in this league, you are going to want to take those chances. But it seemed like they got too reliant on that. And this is a Dolphins defense. That I think you can really toy with on those short to intermediate routes. They've given up a lot of yards after the catch. They're 24th in passing D. Byron Jones is doubtful to play in this game. Their best corner that they spent big bucks to sign this offseason. You don't have him out there. This team is near the bottom of the league in net yards per pass attempt. I think part of that is going to stem from the fact they have really struggled with receivers getting open and getting them down. So it's not just the vertical passing game. And those short to intermediate throws will be easier to convert if the elements are in play here. Yeah, the Dolphins are actually
1: 27th in yards after the catch allowed as well. So really the statistics are lining up to have, for the Seahawks to have a really big game in the air. And so, yeah, if, if the running game isn't working out or – you know, it's it's not it's still kind of not banging on all cylinders like it has until all season. Russell Wilson can just add to his MVP resume. <laughs> this is one of those games where he could really, weather permitting, show out again. And the receivers can get open. And I think there's some mismatches on this defense. And really, uh, Russell Wilson, I, I'm I'm at I'm at the point now where there isn't a defense in this league that could stop Russell Wilson. Maybe slow him down. Maybe maybe make him make a couple mistakes here and there. But I think he's at the point in his game where he is imposing his will on every single defense he plays. So I, especially with the, with the dolphins having Byron Jones likely out and being towards the bottom of the barrel and just about every passing defensive stat. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a big day. And another thing, Corbin, that we always want to bang home when talking about keys to the game, taking care of the football, especially with possible weather. And even if it doesn't rain, it's supposed to really dump the night before and flooding is possible. So it's going to be kind of a boggy field and, and so you got to take care of the football. And really, the Seahawks have been really good at taking care of the football. They're second best in turnover margin while the Dolphins are 16th. So the Dolphins haven't been catastrophic at taking care of the football, but the Seahawks have really done well forcing turnovers and not giving the ball away. Was Russell Wilson is one of the better quarterbacks in the league at taking care of the ball. So I think if if you don't have any major turnovers, this game really should flip Seattle's way.
0: Yeah, when you're talking about the struggles Seattle has had playing in Florida, it's almost always been because they can't stop turning the football over. They had several turnovers against the Jaguars when they played them, and the pass rush was really a problem in that game. Jacksonville, their defense was pretty darn good that year, so that was part of it. But when they lost to the Buccaneers the year before, they scored five total points. Russell Wilson got picked off a couple times. They had a fumble. You can't do that when you're playing on the road, and so as long as they continue to do what they have done, they have not been coughing up the football. They have not been throwing interceptions. The one that they did throw was a perfect pass, and Greg Olson just couldn't hold on to it, so they've done a great job of that. You just have to make sure that you aren't fumbling at the goal line, DK Metcalf. You got to make sure that if you're Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, you're putting two hands on the football, getting three points of pressure at all times, because this is the type of game, especially if it's raining and maybe there's a little bit of wind, this is the type of game where you may have a little bit tougher time holding on to the football, and, and those turnovers are especially costly when you're on the road. Now let's talk defensive keys here. I'm just going to say this right now. I have this all written in caps in my notes. Don't give up the explosive play. For God's sakes, don't give up any more of these explosive plays. I mean, I know Pete Carroll is beyond frustrated at this point. That is the number one staple of his defense. We don't give up plays over the top. We don't give up explosives, and they've been the worst in the NFL with that, particularly when it comes to after the catch. They have been horrific in that category, so Miami's going to try to take advantage of that short to intermediate game. See so if they get get some receivers running around the field open and pick up big chunks of yardage. You've got guys like Jakeem Grant that are little, It's Rob said, jitterbugs. You get them in space and they can pick up big yardage. They've got some explosive athletes like Devontae Parker on the outside. So there are some guys here that can do some damage, but this pass defense has to show that – they are much better than they've been the first three weeks. And if you can do that, I think that this is an offense that you can slow down. The Dolphins don't have a ton of firepower, but dang it, if you're letting guys run wide open and there's a ton of room to operate, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a solid quarterback. This team will move up and down the field, and they will score points. You can't give up those explosives.
1: Boy, if Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins start putting up points that the Dolphins and the Falcons have against you and the Patriots, that's a whole different issue, I think. Yeah, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, pretty solid. He's not the worst quarterback in the NFL, but yeah, the the best receiver that the Dolphins have right now is Devonte Parker. Mike Geseki having a pretty good year as well at tight end. He's scares and me. And that's yeah. it, really. He yeah, Geseki could give us fits, uh give the Seahawks fits for sure. Miles Gaskin, former UW uh, Husky, is the top rusher right now, three hundred and fifty-two yards through three games, and that's I think a big key because yes, the the Seahawks are dead last in in stopping the pass, and that's. Really, as much to do with how poor the the defense has played, and also they've played three pretty good quarterbacks as well, um, and Fitzpatrick not nearly in that same class. So you'd like to think that they could get right, but running against the run, the Seahawks are actually the second-best running defense, and I know that's mostly because they've they've been in these shootouts where (laughs) teams can just pass at will, so why would they run the ball? But if if the Seahawks can, I know it kind of sounds counterintuitive, bottle up the run game. And especially with Matt Breida, you know, he's another weapon that you don't want. And he's burned the Seahawks before as a 49er. If you if you can bottle up that run defense, or that excuse me, that run running attack, and let that passing game beat you, which so far it has, but really the the Fitzpatrick and, and company do not strike as much fear in, in me as the previous three opponents. So if you can get in that one dimensional, make him one dimensional, even if that dimension has has given you trouble last three games, I think that that's a good recipe for success, just in in this game
0: specifically. Yeah, I would think Miami's not going to beat you if they become one-dimensional with the passing game. But if they're able to get even a semblance of running game going, especially in rainy conditions, then it's an advantage for the home team. And that leads me to the last key here. We've talked so much about this pass rush, which honestly it has not been as bad as what some people are letting on. They are getting quarterback hits. The problem has been there's just been inconsistency. There's too many drives where it just disappears, and the quarterback can pick daisies and just throw whoever he wants to. They can't let that happen with Ryan Fitzpatrick, because otherwise there's going to be some Fitz magic. We've seen what he can do. When he gets pressured some, though, and this has been his track record for his entire lengthy career, it doesn't matter whether he was a 24-year-old rookie or he's a 38-year-old journeyman like he is now if you are able to get into the backfield and you can force him into making bad decisions for a Harvard grad, he makes some really bad decisions with football. Sometimes he will force it into double and triple coverage. He will try to sneak it into tight spaces. Passes will get tipped off. He had three interceptions in the season opener against the Patriots secondary, which obviously Russell Wilson didn't make it look this way, but it's one of the best secondaries in football still. If you can get some pass deflections, you can get some pressure on him and force him into some rush throws, he has shown time and time again in his career that he will uncork interceptions, and he will uncork them in bunches if the pressure is really coming after him. And so if they're able to do that and get a couple of interceptions, maybe force a strip sack at some point like they did on Dak Prescott last week, give the offense some short field to work with – That's going to be especially pivotal for them to win this football game. When we come back for the third quarter, it's time to play a game over-under for this week's upcoming matchup. We're going to look at six or seven different players or groups of players, and we're going to debate a little bit what to expect statistically when the Seahawks battle the Dolphins on Sunday. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique remarkably easy to navigate and all the parts are available for your vehicle choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked in in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. This is your host, Corbin Smith, joining me for our 300th episode here on Blue Friday, my co-host, Nick Lee. We're going to play one of our favorite games here. We've been trying to mix it up each week. We did some bold predictions a few weeks ago, and and then we've done some fill in the blank and all kinds of different stuff. We're going to go with over-under this week because... It just seems fitting. We're talking about Seattle going to Miami, this long road trip. There's always so much uncertainty, especially when the Seahawks play in Florida. It just seems like it's one of those things you never know what to expect, which coming from the Seahawks, that's saying something because they don't really ever play a normal football game. But anyway, how this is going to work is I'm going to read off a statement and you and I are going to debate a little bit. Whether that player or that group of players is going to achieve that number or is going to be below that number. The first one we've got here, Russell Wilson, three and a half touchdown passes on Sunday against Miami. Are you over or under? And this is tough. Um,
1: I'd, you know, if this was really literally any other game on the schedule, I'd probably say over. But given the fact that we might have some weather. It's Florida. Really weird things happen. And I think that the Seahawks can establish the run with a good rhythm to where Russell Wilson's not going to have to chuck it 50 times. I'm going to go under. That's nothing against what Russell Wilson can do. He's the front runner MVP and he should be. But I think just the just how the game will shape out. I think the Seahawks will win. And I think the Seahawks can win handily if, if things go their way. And they might even be able to do that without Russell Wilson throwing four touchdowns. So I'm going to go under just with the circumstances of the run game, the weather, and it's just Florida, man. It's
0: weird. It's 2020. It's weird. So I'm going to go over. I know Russell Wilson has not played well in the rain in the past, but – This is just a different Russell Wilson. He's just playing on a different stratosphere this year. And I think the Seahawks will be able to run the football. But the one thing I've been so impressed by with Brian Schottenheimer in particular is how he's been able to scheme the passing game in the red zone. They have a 100% touchdown efficiency right now when they get in the red zone. And a large part of that is Schottenheimer's play calling along with the fact Russell Wilson's been incredible down there getting the ball to his receivers. I think they're going to run the ball well, but when they are in scoring position, the ball's going in Russell Wilson's hands. So I'm going to go with him throwing four touchdowns in this matchup, just barely over that three and a half, his fourth straight game to open the year with four touchdowns, and he'll pass Peyton Manning for the most touchdown passes through four games as he continues to try to push for that single season record. Let's go to the backfield. Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde combined for 120 and a half rushing yards. Are you going over or under?
1: This is one where I think that they're, the Seahawks have, have exceeded 150 or 120 yards once in the ground so far against the Patriots. I'm going to go over just because, one, the Dolphins are, are pretty bad on, on defense running against the rush, and so they're, they're 24th in yards per carry allowed. So I guess this really will come down to, Corbin, if Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are healthy enough to get enough touches for 120 and a half over 120 half, rushing yards because like you mentioned i think that travis homer and dj dallas could play a role in this game and together i could see them reaching 150 something rushing yards but maybe with chris carson or carlos hyde being a little banged up they they don't get as many touches so really that i think is the only reason why this would not come true is if there's a health issue but if they're healthy i'm going over here
0: I'm going to go under just because that very reason that you said. I think I think Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde will both play in this game. I just anticipate that it's going to be a more of a by-committee approach with a running game just because those two guys are banged up. And I think with it being a Miami homecoming, there's going to be extra motivation there for Travis Homer and DJ Dallas to go out and, and impress. And we haven't had a chance to see DJ Dallas out of the backfield. I think this is a week that we do. So I think they're going to have success running the ball. And I think you're going to see those other two guys get quite a few opportunities in this game. A lot of snaps to rest the two veterans who are a little bit banged up. But I think Carson and Hyde are going to play a key role in that. I just don't see them getting enough work where they're going to get to that 120 yards. I could see them combining for 90 or 100. But I just think this week, 120, given circumstances, a little bit much for my liking. Now on the outside, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. 200 and a half combined receiving yards they've hit 100 a piece a couple times to start the season so it would seem like this would be one that would be fairly easy but again the elements are at play so are you going over or under here with Lockett and Metcalf
1: I'm actually going over I know that I went under for Russell Wilson's touchdown passes but the the Dolphins are 27th in, in yards after catch allowed like I mentioned 29th yet net yards per pass attempt so I don't think Russell Wilson and his company will have issues getting yards necessarily it's just things might get a little boggy in the red zone but I agree that they've been pretty darn good in the red zone and I think there will be a couple of explosive plays I know that we mentioned that one of the keys to the game isn't to rely on the the explosive play downfield uh, passing deep but I think that there can be some hits easily and DK Metcalf you know he is just wanting redemption from that fumble. And you know he's never going to do that again in his entire NFL career. And so he's going to be looking to get revenge and redemption there. So I'm going to go ahead and say over that they combined for over 200 and a half yards. And just, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good day to to eat with this, with the so-so secondary, especially without Byron Jones.
0: I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. I think they go over as well. I do think they're going to get plenty of yardage, and I think it's going to be one of those where maybe it's more touches than they've had in the last couple weeks and not as many explosive plays downfield. But I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Russell Wilson to get the football to him. I think this offense is going to be able to move the ball. It's just going to be a question, are they going to be able to do what they've done the last couple weeks where we see a lot of those downfield strikes? If the weather is impacting that I think you're going to see a lot different style offense, but I think they can move the ball on the ground and through the air. So I think two over 200 receiving yards from those two. It's become almost a given at this point with those two how well they're playing, how well Russell Wilson's playing. So I'm going to go over now on the defensive side of the ball. The defensive line for the Seahawks so far has combined for three sacks in three games, but. You're getting ready to play against the Miami Dolphins. They got some young guys in their offensive line. Seahawks defensive line producing two and a half sacks in Miami. Are you over or under?
1: Talking specifically
0: the defensive line, I'm going to go under.
1: They, I'm going to say they can get a sack or two. I think there is pressure to be had, but what the Dolphins have done pretty well um, is protect Ryan Fitzpatrick and give him and put him in a, in a position to succeed. They they know his limitations. They know he's not Patrick Mahomes. They know he's not Russell Wilson, and they're they're letting Ryan Fitzpatrick be Fitzpatrick. And as long as the Seahawks let him be Ryan Fitzpatrick and not turn into FitzMagic, they'll be okay. And it, that that does require some pressure. The Seahawks are actually. 15th in the nfl in pressure percentage so you mentioned the sacks again are not quite there this year but the percentage the pressure percentage is up from last year so they just got to get home a few times and the dolphins are eighth in the nfl in sacks allowed with five sacks allowed in three games so i I think the numbers are just adding up to where the defensive line themselves probably not going to get over two and a half sacks I'm going to go with they're going to get
0: four. So I'm going over. I just, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I get this vibe from the end of the game last week that they were getting more pressure on Dak Prescott. And it was ironic. They were not blitzing near as much. That was after Jamal Adams came out. It seemed like they were having more success getting the quarterback in part because the coverage was holding up better with more guys back there. It seemed like blitzing kind of burned them last week throughout that game. And so I'm really curious how they're going to do that this week, but. LJ Collier has been so darn close so many times this year to getting his first career sack. And I'm going to keep saying every week he's going to get it until he gets it because he's that close. So I think LJ Collier gets to Fitzpatrick once in this game. I think Jaron Reed gets a sack for the second week in a row. He played really well last week in that game against the Cowboys. I like his matchups in the interior against their offensive line. And I also think rookie Alton Robinson is going to get back there for another sack, giving him some – speed element and let's give Benson Maioa his second one he has been back there and he's missed on a couple sacks he's going to get his revenge this week so I'm going to give him four I think the Seahawks are going to find a way to get some pressure and they're going to get some sacks this week in Miami and that's going to be a big difference for them in this football game at linebacker Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright 20 and a half combined tackles over under for the two star linebackers in the middle I'm going to go over. I think it could
1: be a slugfest in the trenches with, with both teams wanting to run the ball, and especially if it is – I know we keep bringing this up, but if the weather is poor, I would expect it to be an even bigger slugfest with, with two, the both running games trying to get going. So that would mean more tackles for the linebackers, naturally. So lots to clean up in the trenches, and I think Bobby Wagner, he gets nine, ten tackle games in his sleep. And I think this is a game where you could see that go up to 12, 13, 14 tackles. And, of course, K.J. Wright, his right-hand man, the Robin, the Robin to his Batman, is going to be there too, right right behind him, right beside him, getting some tackles as well. So I'm going to go ahead and say over just for the fact that the, the the conditions on the field might merit a lot of cleanup to do in the trenches.
0: I'm going to go with over. Now, Bobby Wagner hasn't had quite as many tackles in a couple of the games this year. That does not mean he's not playing well. I think he's looked really good out there unlike a lot of the defense but he and K.J. Wright are going to have a lot of opportunities to make plays in this football game so I'm going to agree with you on this one I'm going over as well these guys are tackling machines I think they're going to get some opportunities to make plays in the short passing game as well as the run game and if the elements are a factor as you mentioned and the Dolphins are more willing to run the football out of necessity to an extent then those guys are going to be doing what they do. And that's getting downhill and making play. So I'm going over. Last one here real quick. This could be the key to the game. Defensive turnovers. The Seahawks will produce two and a half defensive turnovers in this game. Are you going over or under? Ooh, I struggled with this one because I know the Dolphins have been pretty good, actually, at taking care of the football.
1: I'm going to go under and not just going to say they're not going to get any turnovers. I'm going to go ahead in head and say they, they have two. Um, cause like I, I said, they've been pretty conservative with letting Fitzpatrick do his thing and not get outside of his comfort zone. And I think unfortunately the Seahawks defense is not a defense that really makes in, many teams feel uncomfortable at this point, especially without Jamal Adams. I think that's a big key. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say under, but the Seahawks can still be effective on defense, effective enough to win, especially against a, a team like the Dolphins without getting a monster turnover number, but I'm going to go ahead and say they get two. I'm going to say there's a, there's a strip sack in there somewhere. And then a, a stray tip pass from Fitz magic
0: falls right into Shaquille Griffin's hands for two, for two turnovers. So I'm going to get specific here. I'm going to go under as well with two turnovers. You and I are both thinking the same thing. All right. I think Trey Flowers gets his first interception. He was gift-wrapped one last week, and it bounced off him and then went up in the oh. air, and Michael Gallup caught it. It was one of the most frustrating plays that you can imagine out there. I think he gets a little bit of redemption this week. I think that he finds a way to step in a passing lane and pick a pass off. I'm, I'm just not confident, even if Quentin Dunbar plays, he's not going to be able to play every snap. I think Trey Flowers is going to going to Make an interception in this game, and you mentioned the strip sack. I'm going to give that to Alton Robinson. He got his first sack last week. He's going to get his first strip sack this week, and the Seahawks are going to recover that. So those are the two turnovers. I'm going under. I would love it if they got three or four, and the Dolphins have the quarterback to be able to do it if the pressure's there. Ryan Fitzpatrick will force the issue. They've got a couple running backs that have had some issues with ball security in the past, but I'm just not necessarily feeling this going to be a game where they're going to be able to muster three, four, five turnovers. Maybe I'll end up being wrong. If I am, I'll be very happy about that, but I'm going under with two. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at Nick Lee 51. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast by going to lockedonseahawks.com. When we come back for Monday's episode, we're going to be breaking down everything from the Seahawks Dolphins game. Hopefully, it'll be another victory Monday, and the Seahawks will remain unblemished at 4-0. If not, there'll be plenty to break down as well if they suffer their first defeat. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear a mask. Go Hawks.